0: Good morning, and welcome to Meanderings live on Internet Community Radio Caram. It's an absolute joy to be with you with my partner in crime, Andrew Morse. Uh, this morning, we'll be talking a little bit about transitions, a very common element of the human experience, and how we go through them. Changes happen every day in small ways, in large ways, and sometimes in life changing ways. What I'm interested in particularly today is what happens inside us. How do we respond to external factors? Um, First of all, there are innate primary emotions such as joy or sadness. We see those things in, in babies and we continue to feel them throughout our lives, although they do become sometimes more complex with the fact that we blend into a culture and we become acculturated to feeling certain emotions and sharing them, and others we learn to to hide and suppress. Then there's also secondary complex emotions, such as guilt or shame. The processing of things that that change and things that are happening in our lives um, can, of course, be impacted by how we've uh, processed things in the past. There's also the anticipation of the future when we know a change is forthcoming. One of the things that we've experienced recently that we've referred to in past episodes is we've had a litter of puppies. Yesterday was the day that the final puppy went to their forever home. And there are many things about uh, preparing for and raising a litter of puppies that in some ways are an echo of parenting which is a, one of the biggest changes that happens in people's lives. And we found it to be uh, a, quite a lovely metaphor for parenting and changes, different transitions. It's almost like a concentration of that experience in some ways because of the accelerated time frame. A dog is pregnant for nine weeks rather than nine months, and puppies leave home between 8 and 12 weeks rather than 18 and 30 years. So, <laughs> definitely a difference in the time. So we're going to bounce off the puppy experience to talk a little bit about how humans respond to transitions.
1: Good morning, everybody. Yes, yeah, so Sarah's led you into the topic with the question of... Uh how you feel when changes happen, basically before your eyes, but it can also reflect in the long-term experience of life. We've had a second letter of puppies, and as Sarah has just mentioned, the last one of them left (coughs) yesterday. There's been a number of stages that we've observed, and I'm interested to see what Sarah's observations would be in light of this experience. What do you think was the most exciting part of their very early development
0: oh there were so many factors I mean even planning the litter and uh, finding the right partner for Bonnie was quite an exciting thing
1: sounds like life
0: (laughs) tinder swipe left swipe right (laughs) you and I haven't done that but at least one of our children has to great success I might add and, uh, uh, and then, of course, there's the anticipation of the birth. And uh, this time was quite interesting because we had one more element of, uh, in our stockpile of tools and knowledge than we had for our first litter. And this is that if you take the temperature of the, the lady dog every 12 hours from about three or four days before she's due to give birth, there will be a temperature drop of one degree that means you'll have 12 to 24 hours before they're actually born. So we decided to do this, especially as I had a fairly busy work week and I can't change when I work, but I can sometimes get someone in to cover me. And uh, and I had a particularly big Wednesday and the Wednesday morning she had the temperature drop and I thought, right, you'll be fine for 12 to 24 hours so I came home that Wednesday night, quite late, and I said, Bonnie, the name of the dog, I'm really tired. Can you not do it overnight? Can you wait till tomorrow morning? What next, happened? Next thing you know, <laughs> just after midnight, I heard Andrew up and, and he saw that I was awake and said, oh, she's had a few contractions. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I'd better get up. But within seconds, he said, oh, the first one's coming out. This, Some of you ladies who have had more than one child will know that frequently uh, it's not the first one that takes the longest... Sorry, it is the first child that takes the longest and after that it can be very, very quick indeed. So we had to fairly quickly uh, throw on some extra clothes, rush out of bed, take Bonnie from the small uh, bed that she was in giving birth in into the whelping box, which was set up really well with with heat lamps and gentle light and deliver these puppies in the middle of the night. It's an incredibly exciting time. Um, uh, And as I think I've said before, uh, dogs in the wild obviously do this without any intervention. But as as a breeder, we do want to give our dogs the absolute best possible chances and also try and prevent any problems To this end, we had uh, some things that we were doing. We were giving her calcium injections and also an oxytocin injection, which is the same sort of hormone that we give to women uh, to stimulate the contractions. So she had four little puppies. Each one came out encased in its membranes, in its birth sac. And one of the interesting things about this is that as the puppy is emerging, the, the sack full of fluid is stretched over their little face and you see these little underwater faces peer out <laughs> until you can remove the membranes. Puppy number three came out feet first. These little feet were the size of my little fingernail and there's just so much magic at that time. Uh, it's a time to think about the uh, wonder- wond- wondrousness of life, and the, the magic of birth. So that was the first thing that I thought was just so intensely inspiring.
1: The next, I suppose, is the milestones to use that imperial phrase. Um, we all see that in the development of kids, but uh, what did you notice particularly were two particular events in the stages of the development of these puppies?
0: Well, one was when their eyes and ears opened because they are born blind with their little eyes completely closed and, in fact, even their ear canals are closed and they have funny little fat ear flaps over the top. But when they're... And that we just loved the first two weeks. Uh, We felt so caring of these little vulnerable, sweet, fluffy, warm creatures. But when the eyes open, suddenly you have this different connection and they see you and they already know you a little bit from... Uh, I think the vibrations in the voice or perhaps the way you handle them and certainly from from your smell. So although there's a connection before that, when they open their eyes, I think most people who have any affinity with dogs will know that if a dog's looking at you, you just do feel that connection and it's absolutely heartwarming.
1: So I suppose this could loosely come into the definition of, of changes that we observe in. Oh,
0: absolutely. And it was, there were many lovely things. I think that with the schedule of puppies where things last a couple of weeks, uh, you don't really get time to get uh, bored with any stage. You don't get time to think, oh, I wish this would finish and the next thing would happen. Uh, so it was really lovely to be able to completely enjoy every aspect.
1: It's mostly true, except after you've cleaned up wee number 365 (laughs) and you start thinking, I wouldn't mind seeing these guys head off. (laughs) So I suppose on that note, the theme is changes that we've observed in these dogs and we've got an appropriate song to match the mood of changes.
0: By David Bowie. Here it is.
1: Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry
0: about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right
1: Oh, or if we have a nasty have. rash <laughs> keeping you up at night. Don't worry, <laughs> Don't worry about a thing. Don't worry. <laughs> Cause Atticus' help will make you <laughs> feel alright. We're back. Sarah was just outlining some of the things she'd noticed as milestones in these dogs' development. One of the things I'd like to ask her is, apart from the, the birth, what was a number of significant milestones that you'd just like to relate to listeners in, in summary?
0: Well, when they start opening their eyes and, and hearing and slowly learning how to walk, uh, which is lovely to see, they wobble around, they've got their forelegs that are stronger than their back legs. Uh, And then they start to do really lovely social things, like wagging their little tails, the first wags when you see them. It's usually when you're talking about them or they realise you're there and they go, oh, oh, they're back. And it's just the most gratifying, heartwarming, beautiful thing to see. As anybody who has a dog, when you come home, you're greeted with this ball of absolute happiness and joy. It's really lovely. It reflects inside us.
1: Reminds me of that old WorkSafe ad where that, Guy comes home from work, he walks in, he sees the teenagers playing Atari or something similar, but the dog's the one who gives him the greeting.
0: Isn't it lovely? So we saw that begin very early on. Then they start learning to bark and they have a very, very funny little high-pitched baby bark to begin with, and over the time we had them, they learn a bit more about a bark. They also learn how to shake, which again starts very clumsily. Dogs do start their shake at the head and it works down to the tail. When these puppies are learning, they're very small and they usually fall over. (laughs) They shake themselves to the floor. It's very, very lovely.
1: So we see all these things happen over a period of weeks but eventually you have to turn your mind to the fact, as with children, they're going to leave. They're going and, to leave. Mm. Uh, what is one of the emotions that you've noticed is particularly strong when you have to start considering that particular stage?
0: Oh, there, there are a lot of difficult emotions. Uh, there's, there's a sadness. There's a, a fear, a fear of how sad it will be. And uh, uh, I suppose there's also a little bit of guilt in that, It's a wonderful thing for the family that's getting them and you don't want to take away from that because it's a really lovely thing to observe. Um, And there's the anticipation of having an empty house. Well, I can't really say that. We have three adult dogs. So for a while we had seven dogs, including the four puppies. Um, And uh, one can think about uh, renewing primary contact with the adult dogs because we did not neglect them. We made very sure that they knew they were important and loved all the time. But there's no question that they saw a lot of our attention on the puppies. It was pretty much two months of life around the puppies. I had puppy clothes (laughs) so that not all my clothes got ruined by tiny little claws. So anticipating the puppies leaving, it, it does start very early because when people decide they want to adopt one of the puppies, they then choose the name and the puppy gets their new name that we use and uh, in our heads I think we start imagining the life that this little dog will have with its new family and we were incredibly fortunate this time for a number of reasons we know all the people who've adopted these little dogs so we can keep up with them we already have a whatsapp group where we share uh, plenty of photos and videos and uh, I think that that helps immensely with this process because obviously we're very closely bonded with these puppies but one thing that we did notice is that and we were reminded of when we adopted our first dog 10 years ago there was a very strong feeling when I was holding little Harry and Andrew went home to get the car to fetch us because we had not decided to buy a dog until we were at the pet shop that day we'd walked into town those were the days of pet shops indeed they were and uh in the time i was just standing in the street with little harry i don't quite know what it was but i felt that we had bonded there was something in his body language something in the way he looked at me something in his demeanor where he seemed to really relax into my arms And we were able to observe that to a degree with all of our puppies, but particularly with little Harley, who went to one of our neighbours, our previous neighbours in Brunswick where we used to live. And we actually delivered him to her to avoid her having to catch trains and replacement buses all the way to Bond Beach. And uh, we observed the same phenomenon. He seemed to know I'm home. Now, one could certainly argue either side of this, but we all felt the same thing. And whether there's an element of projection or just the way puppies uh, worm their ways into our hearts and minds, I don't think it really matters. It's almost semantics. If we believe that, and they are obviously doing it, it's just the most beautiful thing. And although it was sad to leave this gorgeous little creature... The fact that we observed how he settled in and she settled in and the the love and the joy that comes from that, it just spreads out and out and out. Because after that, each family explains this and shows off their puppy to other families. And it's just like this resonance of, of joy. Now, I'm perhaps overstating the positives, but I do like to focus on those things. It's absolutely beautiful.
1: So what you've got is the end of this process on a particular day you walk back into the house and it's empty (laughs) now that could well be a metaphor for lots of our changes in life perhaps with children leaving home but the short time span and the intensity of this emotion is something particularly noticeable with dogs isn't it
0: definitely it's it's an entire process all within the space of a few months.
1: On that note, we'll regroup and come back with our final segment. In the meantime, Sarah has lined up a particular song which...
0: Which is Growing Up by Rule. Here it is. I'm Josie from Space Folk. And when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Karam.
1: Well, welcome back, everybody. The final segment for us this morning. Segueing from puppies into other aspects of life, and I think it's probably best termed the bittersweet of the empty nester, <laughs> uh, as exemplified by yesterday after we got out the hospital's drink, the mestos, and finished <laughs> cleaning up after the puppies, and you look around at this empty lounge room, this indeed is a metaphor for life, and there's been some articles recently in the Age and the Sydney Morning Herald about empty nesting, and... I'm going to ask you, Sarah, after the departure of the puppies, I mean, there's a a dog element of this, but could you expand a little in relation to parenting of, of human beings?
0: Yes, I have parented two human beings. <laughs> and there's definitely a, a dual nature of uh, the changes that happen. Uh, the ones that perhaps are first and foremost in my mind was the intensity of the experience when my daughter not only finished high school but uh, was able to gain entry into this university course of her choosing which you know there was always some doubt that would she get in i believe that she would but you never know until it actually happens and when she'd finished high school and got in got her place at uni there was a very strong double double-edged feeling which was uh, great pride immense pride that she had achieved that and she was on her way as an adult and her own life and also a feeling of immense sadness that uh, obviously as a parent one remains a parent and there's still many, many things to do but there was something about okay, she's launched, my main job is done, (gasps) what does that mean for me? One's identity is inextricably mixed up with one's roles particularly around the family and... It really takes some time to to deeply metabolise that. But that particular moment, I still remember so strongly the sadness and the pride concurrently. Uh, interestingly enough, when my second child, a year younger, had the same thing and uh, finished school and got into his university place, the main thing I felt was relief. <laughs> Make of that what you will. There was no less pride, obviously, incredibly proud of, of both wonderful loving sensible funny kids that I have and uh, but I think there was a, a notion of relief there's there's a lot of work and a lot of benefits to being a parent and that was in some ways the end of a, of a whole stage for me
1: so one door shuts another door opens how do you feel now looking forward having achieved your one could say biological purpose. How do you see planning ahead for the future in this new transition?
0: Hmm. Well, I, I love being asked an enormous question right at the end of a broadcast. I think that if I if I come back to puppies, it's a little bit about rediscovering uh, the elements of the life we were starting to build before having the litter. And as I said earlier, renewing our primary contact and uh, re adopting the rituals that we've built up with our current dogs and looking forward to the things that we, the elements of our regular lives, you know, where do we go for coffee and when should we walk on the beach. And this morning I was really thrilled that we had a lovely sunny day for our local Bond Beach market. Brilliant market. Please come along if you haven't been before. It's dog friendly. You could spend the time just saying hello to the different dogs if you wanted. So I think what I'm revealing right now is uh, a way to uh, re-inject uh, a lot of awareness in what's actually around and what are the good things that we can move towards, which helps with the inevitable little bit of emptiness when when uh, a child graduates or a puppy leaves. Uh, it was probably more emptiness than sadness in reflect, on reflection. And so we do have a bit of that. So it's a question of, okay, there's an emptiness. What can we fill it with? And to our best abilities, we're trying now to fill it with the, the, the positive things, the lovely things. Uh, we also have a little bit of an ongoing project with respect to the puppies. We took a lot of photos. We will be making a photo book about this for ourselves And uh, that's something that will help bring that lovely experience forwards into the future
1: with us. And I think sharing that experience with others too. I've noticed you've been very active on the Instagram slash uh, WhatsApp and created effectively communities of people of uh, lots of different backgrounds sharing this love of, of dogs.
0: That's absolutely true. There's something really heartwarming about going through these transitions in the company of others and uh, which I think is one of the joys of of puppies is sharing that joy but there's also an understanding with other people about how it does leave a bit of an emptiness and at the same time it's really interesting how opposing emotions exist simultaneously can you be happy and sad yes you can And I think our culture does tend to try and deny us that, but in fact it's a human reality and a lovely thing to allow oneself to feel.
1: I think one of the nice things I observed is when we took puppy number three into Brunswick, our neighbour had lost her dog a couple of years ago, and just to see her reaction of obtaining this new dog, setting the place up, all of the dog accoutrements were out everything was ready to go and she was dead set on this new dog and we just thought this is great she was a lady approaching retirement or is in retirement but still has some professional obligations but I reckon those professional obligations are going to come second (laughs) to this dog
0: (laughs) yes and I think that all of our current puppy families uh, are just having a, a really lovely time this morning hello to you all And uh, thank you for providing our puppies with the most wonderful home. And thank you to our listeners. We love coming in. We love thinking about what we'll be discussing and doing these, as we call, uh, little dives into philosophical reflections based on things that actually happen in life. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.